Global Eco Energy sell and install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial and public sector customers. With access to a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage, air source heat pumps and eco-garden makeovers, we offer a bespoke service tailored to your exact needs. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global-eco.co.uk. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Design your bespoke solar PV system and meet your energy needs with no upfront costs. Let's go! Good evening, the winners last night in the Premiership Celtic Rangers. Kilmarnock in the last minute, fact deep into injury time. And St. Johnson late in the game as well. But no change at the top. Rangers winning 1-0 in the game at heart. Celtic 4-1 against Hibs. Stephen McGinn is with us, the Falkirk captain, whose brother John is third top. His team Aston Villa after last night beating Man City. And the man from the club sitting at the top of the table... Well, you were there. Peter Grant, Peter, good evening. Good evening, Paul. Pleasure good, to be here. Good to see you. And Stephen, back from... Uh, how was the, the day out for the Falkirk players? You, you went across the water. Yeah, I went to Dublin. Yeah, with just about every other team in Scotland. So, oh, really? is that yeah. why your game was yeah. called off? Yeah. Uh, no. A chain going on now. I mean, nah, I did it, but, yeah. So, what's it like? Can you? Did you bump into other teams? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's becoming yeah. quite the thing. I mean, there's, there's called some old divisions around the the island we're on, not just Scotland. So, um, yeah, it was busy. It was it was good to get away. And um, I said I was in seeing the physio on the Monday morning. There was roars of laughter from the dressing room, and you say. Although it's an old-fashioned thing, that's what it's all about. It's that time when you're yeah. maybe sitting at the bar with someone you don't usually speak to and, you, and you're sharing a, the odd story. <laughs> Peter, remember those days? I can't remember them, Paul. No. <laughs> Did you go no. far? It was no, Newcastle? No, 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 we were in Glasgow. No. What's we were always Glasgow. We yeah. loved Glasgow. <laughs> and uh, yeah. some laughs, you know, you had fantastic times yeah. and great memories yeah. and a great story about the great Tommy Burns. You get sent home yeah. one night and Rose, yeah. <laughs> Rosemary said... The chap at the door and it was a taxi driver and the taxi driver says Tommy Burns and she went yes she went son he's already went he said no I'm bringing him back (laughs) (laughs) it was only about half an hour he was drinking pints of white wine the great Tommy Burns lightweight (laughs) what a character ah brilliant so you know the scores last night Aberdeen it was a late late win for Kilmarnock great result for Kelly and Aberdeen down second bottom of the table Celtic 4-1 against Hibs a double for O St Johnson that was that late late penalty Chris Kane got the rebound then um St Mirren losing again and Rangers 1-0 against Hearts and it's Abdullah Sima who got the goal it should have been more maybe although both keepers were pretty busy interesting take from Leon Balligan on Rangers performance last night I think we made it very hard for ourselves I think everybody could have played a bit better today saying straight after the game we have to have to look at the match um Meticulously, but overall happy to get away with the win. It was a was a tough place. We always knew it was going to be a tough place to come to. And first up, here's a Rangers fan on the line. Derek is on. Hello, Derek. Uh, good evening, Paul. Good evening, panel. Good evening, Derek. Uh, Hi, Derek. Uh, do you think Rangers are sign a quality number nine uh, in January? I think Barry sounded pretty confident they would last night. Peter, what do you reckon? Yeah, well, we've yeah. spoke about it. You know, the, the biggest thing that I was always thinking the question is, now I thought they'd have done it in the summer, I must admit. Yeah. They did do it in the summer. They tried to. And that's what I'm saying. They've sort of spent nearly £12 million by all accounts. Just going with newspaper reports, that's for the fees they paid. So if it's not worked out, maybe the manager seems a different stripe, uh, site, uh, type of striker. 
see the Lord and Shanklin things getting blew up last night. We spoke about that even in the summertime. Yep. You know, and I think somebody like Lauren Shanklin, there's absolutely no doubt, but scored goals for Rangers because he's a goal scorer. Rangers create a lot of chances in the respect of that, and that's what they look to do. So somebody like him. I'm not sure if Derek agrees with that. Maybe you do, Derek, on Lauren Shankland. Uh, no, I don't think so. It's okay doing it for Hearts and teams like that, but whenever a man's back behind the ball, I don't know if he's got the movement and he wouldn't have the same amount of space. And I don't think Rangers would pay four or five million pounds for somebody that's playing in that league, put it that way. I know, that's a fair point, but I definitely think he's a goal scorer. And I think sometimes when you've got a busy box like that, you need the McCoys, you need the Mo Johnsons, what you ended up with in my time there, and all the other strikers that Rangers had. If you looked about the ones I even I played with Celtic, the, the, the football's not changed that much. The teams are still playing really defensive, packing their box so when the ball comes in the box they're going to be there but you need that guy as a predator and Shanklin is definitely that there is absolute doubt in my mind that the fee I, obviously I can't pick a fee out for anyone but it's a hell of a lot of money for Rangers to lay out on that front line which they've done since the summer time and if they're going to spend four or five million come and I'm sure the manager will want a number nine you know that he's going to rely on to do that does he need to get ready another couple of them? But to do that, then you've got to depend on someone coming looking for them. You've got to hope they'll yeah, go, and they're yeah. on big money. Absolutely. Steve McGinn, what do you reckon Rangers striking-wise? Yeah, well, they need a striker. Um, yeah. It's obvious watching the games. Matt, I'm a bit torn with that. Do, do we think that Lauren Shanklin's going to be Rangers number nine for the next five to ten years? No, we don't. But there is a bit of a snobbery in the country when it comes to looking at these players. Um I get when you come from abroad, you, you, you can go and get these guys that might be the, the superstars for five years. But if you look at Rangers and Celtics number nines for the last few years, Kyogo was someone Ange Postacoglu knew inside out. Alfredo Morelos was someone Jonathan Janssen knew inside out. Within the last five to ten years, we've had Clamalla, Ajeti, this season, Dessers, Danilo, these big money signings from abroad that haven't really hit, hit it off. And then you look over the years and you say, what's the problem with, for a short term going and getting guys that have worked in the past from other clubs guys like Scott McDonald, Lee Griffiths Chris Boyd Stephen Naismith they've all come from the provincial clubs they've come in and done a real solid job for Celtic Rangers over the years Great point Derek what would you say? I just don't know if, if it would be the answer to Rangers uh, at this present moment in time I think they'd be looking for somebody if you're spending that amount of money I think you'd be looking for somebody with a better goal ratio so if you were looking at it, Derek, and they're looking at it as a fan and you're looking about, and I know you'll obviously watch football as well as just watching Rangers, you'll look at it and you'll think, is there any striker out there that you would look at and you think, that's a Rangers striker, he could play for Rangers. You know, and that that's sometimes the problems the managers have because if you're looking for the number nines that we all think will be a definite Rangers player or a definite Celtic player, they cost a hell of a lot of money. <laughs> that's the unfortunate thing. And four and five million pounds, nothing nowadays. Yeah, sure. You know, and that's that you're playing that for reserve team players. Uh, do you, Peter, do you think if 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 Barry Robson loses a cup final and gets beaten Saturday, he would be under major pressure? I think it's so difficult, you know. I think there's such an equal now between all the teams outside Celtic Rangers. I really do. Um, I think it's back to that. For years ago, it used to be maybe apart from Aberdeen in my time, the rest of the teams were all similar. They could all beat each other week in, week out. The results didn't surprise you if one lost to the other. Paul said earlier on there about St. John's, uh, St. Mirren losing again. Is that what St. Mirren's supposed to be? It really is. It just tells you how good a job that Stevie Robinson's yeah. done. 
Barry Robson's difficult because you look at that squad he's got, you know, and he's done a fantastic job and he's, you think, well, he's going to kick on now. It's not as easy as that. The demands on you are not as easy in that. And the players, the demands of Aberdeen, as you know yourself, as being a Rangers fan, you always say that Aberdeen left their game against Rangers. And you know how difficult and up and down they are. And that is the problem when you're a manager nowadays. Yesteryear, I'd have said no, he's not under, prob uh, under pressure. But nowadays, it's completely different work we're in now. And I think you let him much less time, Derek. Stephen, what do you think? Yeah, I mean... As Peter says, all the managers are under pressure. I think Barry Robson's severe pressure. I think it's they looked at these home games and they're starting to come into that spell where they do have winnable home games. But to start it the way they have, whether they deserve to lose or not, to command that they did, and you look at command, it's a way record, um, and you think yeah. that's a that's a real bad one. I I think he needs to win the cup final next week. A real really? job, yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. And that's a huge ask. I just the money yeah. spent over the summer. The expectations of the club, and I get, I, I get the troubles that uh, being in European football can bring, and some of the performances. But you haven't probably got the the wins in Europe to even back that up. It's just been a real, really frustrating season in terms of what it, what they were looking to build on from the end of last season. Derek, thanks very much for calling. No doubt we'll speak to you soon. Ten days away from the cup final, yep. Aberdeen coming to town to play Rangers. Rangers would be the red hot favourites for that one, just in Glasgow. And no, they'd be red hot favourites. Yeah, Rangers have got to but, win it. Yeah, let's not kid ourselves. Rangers have got to win it because then that's that throws another spanner on the works because Rangers have to win trophies. Mm -hmm. Celtic have to win trophies. That is your remit as Celtic Rangers manager. You've got to win. You've got to win the league. There is no getting away from that. The pressure, as Stephen rightfully says, if Barry doesn't win it so now there's a pressure for both clubs going into the, sure. the final you know in the respect to that hoping Barry gets through that and hopefully gets longer than the cup final win lose or draw because they're changing managers too many times now far too many times now look Stuart Cretwell loses a 30 uh, uh, season goal scorer yep. and you're thinking anybody that loses that mm -hmm. You're under pressure. Look at big Malky McKay happened. But he's the top yeah, goal scorer right. for Ross yeah. County. Been one of the Reagan top goal scorers. Exactly. Yeah. And all of a sudden you lose that and it gives you a problem. You're surprised I remembered the name. Stephen there. At that point, no, it is. It's tough. We'll talk Motherwell as well. 0808 17 17 700. And you can join us. You can also WhatsApp us. Or you can join the conversation at Goal Football Show. 4-1 win for Celtic last night. I want you to ask your impression a moment or two. This was Brendan Rodgers at full time. Yeah, the attitude in the game was, was excellent from the very first whistle. Um, Hibs I really like as a team. I think the, uh, the league will be a better league if, um, if teams played like, like Hibs. Uh, so, so we knew we had to be really organised against them in our pressure because they can build the game really well. So organisationally... We were very good in our pressing and then obviously with the ball we created opportunities. So, um, But overall, collectively, yeah, it, was, uh, it was good winning and some very good goals. Stephen, you saw the game a double for O and he started. That was the big news we gave in the programme here with the Kyogo on the bench, O'Reilly a header and Palmer at the penalty. What did you make of it? Do you think that the half-time talk, the rollicking on Sunday has worked? Yeah. Um, I thought there was some big performances from Celtic last, uh, last night. I think... Alistair Johnson's been a really good signing for Celtic, really solid. But the way he performed last night, I was thinking, has he been one of the ones that maybe have been playing in the comfort zone? Mm -hmm. Because I watched him last night and I thought, you've went up a few gears here tonight. Some of the balls you're putting at the box, the way you approach the game. Um, there's some con constants in the Celtic team in the season this year. I thought Matt, uh, Matt Riley was outstanding again. I think he's been the outstanding player in the league um, this season. And he put on another, another big show. Um 
I actually thought, I mean, Hibs, Hibs need a transfer window. They've obviously got issues. The manager needs a, a transfer window to address some of the defensive problems. But I did think at times, other than losing the early goal, I thought at times they, they did keep possession and the early goal was really key for Celtic. And it's something they haven't in the games have dropped points and they've, they've not got that early goal and it's maybe got to the 60, 70 minute mark before they really um, get going in the match. But I think the early goal was key last night. Peter, your main impressions of the game, what, what about O, for example? Listen, Paul, you know I'm a big supporter of him. I think I'd get frustrated if I was him at times because I think he makes really good movement. Because you play with the wingers coming inside now, a lot of teams, he's looking for the cross. And you see it last night, he had a brilliant chance, a great ball in from, Stephen says, Alistair Johnson. He slides in and just doesn't connect with it. You know, he gets his goal. He's always between the sticks. Even if he lays the ball off, he does what all good strikers, his next movements, get it in the box. You know, and he was a couple of half chances. He must be a nightmare to play against because he's so physical as well. But to get the best from him, and that's why I was a bit frustrated with Palmer early in the game, and I'm saying he's got to go down the outside, or Greg Taylor's made a couple of fantastic runs and he's not laid them in. And then, sure as fate, Palmer goes to the byline, clips it up, and Matt Riley runs in, gets the header into the box. And I just think when you're playing a team who's blocking the middle, the best way to get round them is round the side of them. And when Celtic done that and put crosses in the box, that suits so. And it would suit Kyogo because he makes great runs and they, you can see them throwing their hands up because you check back and make a pass and there is nothing worse for any striker. It doesn't matter what level you're at. There's still that cross into the box is so important. But coming in behind defenders instead of in front of defenders, I think makes it a lot easier. And I think that's why Celtic run out comfortable winners. I was, I'm, I'm slightly different from Stephen. I was a bit disappointed in Hibs, especially with the pace of Johan and Boyle. They just didn't. I, I wouldn't have played. I wouldn't have played them. Spit. They were more worried about if Callum McGregor played as the the deeper one about marking him. Instead, he's just saying, "Well, we'll play outside the centre backs and a wee bit deeper, and can use the pace down the side." But I must admit, I was really impressed with Awata last night. I think. In possession, he used the ball really well. But out of possession, he was always available for a pass. But he plays the position really, really well. Stephen Lino is a central midfield player. He doesn't go too far to the left. He doesn't go too far to yeah. the right. He's always in the right area, so he can break things down, but he can also start things. And I was really impressed with him last night. Here's what the manager told Sky afterwards about two of the players you've just mentioned. Yeah, listen, it's always difficult, but you have to try and grab the opportunities. I thought all was excellent in the game. He was, uh, he was very good, took his goals well. He was aggressive. And he's pressing and, and uh, he worked his socks off. So really pleased for him. Uh, Tom was a player that I've wanted to play before, but he's, he's had uh, some injuries. So, But I, I thought he'd come in and um, it was good in the centre midfield. And, and Mikey, um, as it showed moments of, um, of quality, but just has to be more aggressive in his game. But overall, it was a, it was a really collective effort by, by the whole squad this evening to get a good result. Stephen, overall then, he revealed actually that um, he spoke about Cameron Carter-Vickers who came off and also Greg Taylor who hadn't been feeling great before the game. I think he just felt a little bit of uh, tightness, Cam, so there's no point in, in risking that. Um, so we took him off and, and that comes into the game. Uh, Greg Taylor uh, done great to, to even make the game. He was a little bit flurry but wanted to give it a go and, uh, and produce a really good performance until that moment. So when we had comfort in the game, then we could take him off. We haven't had either of you on the programme since last weekend when Brendan Rodgers said it's the angriest he's ever been. Were you surprised, Stephen, first of all? And also, do you think it, well, obviously it was deserved. Were you surprised that the players had let so much go that they ended up in that position? No, I think, I mean... It was it was an absolute typical Craig Levine um, game in terms of the way he I mean, he's a really he's been a Scotland manager he's experienced yeah. manager at the level and he made it difficult for Celtic but 
Oh no, I wasn't surprised to see Brendan Rodgers um, like that. I mean, that was it was on the verge of being an absolute disastrous result. Um, so none of the players on the, the bus home be surprised to, to hear the manager have a bit of a go because you did see a reaction from second half and and it wasn't it wasn't tactical. It, it was just getting playing in the front foot, making St. Johnson defend, and then once you start to play at that tempo. Obviously, the two goals of uh, a real quality, but it was just that extra possess they had in the second half. They, they they played like they'd had a rock up their backsides and played like it, it really mattered. And that's the way Brendan Rodgers' Celtics teams have always played. But look at the man ten yards from you; it always mattered. You put that jersey on. So why do you need a rollicking from the manager? Do you know something, Paul? I was surprised. I must admit, he said that because. The thing that surprised me was because I didn't think they were that bad. I'll tell you what I thought they were bad at. When they get into the final third, their final ball was really poor. He turned Yang off and I wasn't surprised because he got into good areas. They, they, they made the pitch too narrow. He kept coming in too far. And then he, when he go by someone, he, he was cross, was never getting in the box. So when he made the substitutions, it's great credit to the manager, all the substitutes had an effect on the game. And that's what you look for as a manager. You know, and I said to you before, I don't like calling them substitutes because of that, because any time they can come on and have a big part to play in the game. I, I thought they started the game well. You know, they played at a tempo, they moved the ball quickly enough, but when they get into that, the most important area of the pitch, the final third, their decision-making and their final ball was really poor. So on that point, I can I don't think you could have questioned their attitude, I must admit. Yeah, but I, I just think following on from the, the games of drop points and the St. Johnson game, the Hibs game and the Motherwell game, all, all f the first halves you probably at half time you'd say nah they were okay we've controlled the game it was probably the fear of it happening again and he just went nah I can't, I can't this can't just continue to happen we have to we have to go and win this game um, yes we're unbeaten but we can't be this far into the season and dropping eight points to the teams we've dropped points to and the games were totally dominating so I think I think he's just decided half time no enough's enough we can't just keep letting these mm. games drift but the thing was, if you remember, we could talk about it year, week in, week out, how important Joe Hart was. Look yep. at the save he had to make it 2-2. Two -two. That had been 2-2, two -two. Yep. final whistle would have probably went just after it, you know, and all of a sudden it does become a catastrophe. The season changes then. Absolutely, completely, yeah. completely changes. And these are the moments, last night is a save, yeah. you know, it's an important save. Last night, yep. again, the ball over Liam Scales' head, you know, I can't remember the score at the time, but it's a big save. You know, it could bring Hibs back into it. And these are important things. And then that's when we questioned Joe, and I always say about Celtic goalkeepers, they maybe have nothing to do, but they have to produce a save at an important time. And that one at St. Johnson, that could be league decisive yep. in the respect of that. Because you say momentum could maybe swing in the respect mm. of the lift that Rangers get and the disappointment that Celtic have, then it continues into midweek. And that's the way football changes. Cat and mouse, isn't it, at the top of the table? Absolutely. There's five points in it. It's eight, but Rangers have a game I'd in hand. Be, so. I'd rather be in front. Oh, oh, forget, yeah, yeah. forget the games in hand, Paul. They don't count. We've already got the points in the bag. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. Peter, think about a word for substitute then. Let's change. Let's find the Peter Grant word instead of substitute. Stephen, have a think as well. Send on a teammate. Yeah. <laughs> so Glasgow, two wins against Edinburgh last night. It's not a bad night at all, is it? I'm joking if you are from the, that great city of Edinburgh. And it was Seema again who scored for Rangers. Yeah, you know, for me, it's, uh, it's something really important for me, you know, to score goals and help the team. I think the most important for us is the, like, uh, so we win this game, so I think it's the most important. So I'm very happy to score again and help the team. So many players came in in the summer. He's been the outstanding signing. Absolutely. I remember, I'm On sure, I'm sure yeah. I seen him playing against Leicester. Mm -hmm. Did you? Yeah. And I, I think, I'm positive it was him, and he was outstanding. Right. 
He was outstanding, and it was at Leicester, I'm sure. Um, and I think Brendan was a manager, actually. Uh, yeah. And he was outstanding in the game. I thought, oh, he looks a player. Was he playing for Brighton? No, yeah, no. He. But somewhere, yeah, but you I saw him anyway. I can't remember. Yeah. I can't remember. I'm sure Slavia it was him. Prague, yeah. Uh, yeah, Slavia Prague. That's okay. exactly. That's exactly where it was. And because I knew it was a European night, and it was a, it was. I thought he was outstanding that night, and gave them a real hard time. But he played as a centre forward, and I think that's the problem. See, I look at Danilo, and I told you I seen him in the pre-season with Feyenoord, and every time I seen him, he scored a goal. You know, and I watched the pre-season games because Rangers were getting him, yeah. and he's every time he got an opportunity, he's the face injury, which is a mm -hmm. problem for him because yeah. you can definitely tell that when their headers coming in, he's not as aggressive as he should be at times, and I'd be the exact same. There is absolutely no doubt of that. And I think not having that run of games and the amount of changes that was getting made through Michael Beale's period of time and never allowed a striker. And see, strikers, they're going to go games without scoring, yeah, sure. but you need to keep them in. Mm -hmm. You need to keep them in so they get into that habit of scoring goals. Has Daniel got too many touches? Do you think? Saw the highlights last night. Uh, it just doesn't. It doesn't strike it, me as a 25, 30 goal a season striker. Yeah. He looks like a good player. He looks like he wants to get involved in the play. Um, he looks to me like he could be a good partner for someone for a number nine. Um, I don't think he's been a total disaster of a signing by any stretch of the imagination. I just think because it's been highlighted the fact that it's maybe not happened for Dessers, maybe not happened for Lammers. Daniel has come back from his face, and as Peter said. Rangers fans are demanding he hits the ground running right away. Um, but he'll no doubt be feeling the pressure of being Rangers number nine at the minute. Yeah. And, and I do think he needs a bit of help. By touches, I meant he had a great chance, didn't he? Right in front of the goal, but he took an extra but touch. But that's what happens, Paul. Yeah. See, if you're not playing all the time, you, you want everything to be perfect. Mm -hmm. See, when you're not, the ball's going off your backside, you're just flicking it in yep. without even thinking. But you start thinking about everything. So what about Seema? Could he be a striker? Could he be the out-and-out -out striker for Rangers? No, I, I think I think he. I mean, he's been a brilliant signing. It's been a the only the only issue at all with the signing is um, the loan, yeah. being a loan, and what is the fee going to be if if you'd like to make it permanent? Is he going to be worth it in terms of Celtic obviously turning Carter Vickers and Jota into permanents because they were bankers because they'd had them? Does Sima come under that category from what Rangers fans have seen so far? Um, but yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll, he's always making the runs. He's always making the runs and you're thinking, I wonder what would an, a focal point, a, a proper number nine do for someone like that if they could hit him early and he's playing off them and, and making those runs. So, um, But there's no doubt, I mean, his goals have been outstanding, really important to Rangers this season. Here's what the manager said about Sima. He's growing, he's getting better and better. The, the other players start to understand also better to use his strengths and... Uh, He's a very important player for us. All right, good time to call. You can speak to Peter Grant or Stephen McGinn. 08 08 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Tailored and renewable energy products to suit your commercial and domestic needs. Let's go. It's Thursday already. Stephen McGinn, it's been a quick week, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's great when the football's on all week. It just The, the week just flies in. And, and what's been a week of terrible weather it's nice when the football's on yeah. to look forward to it was a terrible start to the week though wasn't it for Motherwell your brother Paul has been out injured it's really tough you know and it's a Glasgow and Lanarkshire and the West Station we're, we're for we're not against any team but we certainly want Motherwell and the teams in the West to do well we're getting worried now I would say about Motherwell how's it going to turn it around yeah the other night was a, was a blow to be honest yeah. um, I know Ross County have recently had a new manager and a bit of a bounce but before I'd even um, kind of loaded the, the fixture onto my, my it was 1-0 to Ross County so 
Um, and a real and a real bad night. I mean, losing three 0 to there's nothing between uh, most of the teams in the league um, to lose any game three 0 is, is a real eye opener. Um, and and there's a lot of there's going to be a lot of talking within the walls of Motherwell this week in terms of this game on Saturday because this is an absolute um, must not lose anyway. Uh, Motherwell have got to. We've got to draw a line on it. I thought the Celtic game and the Celtic performance and result, I thought that was their moment where they said, do you know what, we're better than this. Um, they've had too many good players to let this slide, but as I said, the Ross County one was really worrying. St Johnson on Saturday. Peter, what are you thinking about Motherwell? It was the most despondent I'd heard Stuart speaking, you know, and that, that was disappointing because I know the amount of the way he works, the amount of hard work he puts in and how diligent he is in his work. And it was hard for him, but I keep going back to it, Paul. It's so difficult because when you're having your moments in the game, if you're creating a chance and you're not taking it, where last year they were, it seemed every chance they got the near enough scored <laughs> last year and won games when people least expected it and because he'd done so well at that and people forget about that now and because of the fact of that, of the results and I understand it's a results business we're in but sometimes you've got to look and I hope that the board look behind it and say, What's Stuart doing on the training pitch? What is this the best they can get for the players or the players playing below where they are? Obviously, a little bit of confidence goes, of course. But within the training ground, what's the feel round about the camp? And see if all the answers is, well, he's doing everything right, he's doing that positive, we just need that bit of fortune. Great, you've got to stick with that. Because I think to go and change it just for the sake of change, sake, I mean, no results are so important now for people. But you've got to look. The most successful teams out with, we say, the big two, have been the ones that have been more consistent with their manager. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind of that. And because they know what they're trying to do, they know the players they have. They'll get a bounce for a wee bit, but, but players go back to normal. They, they, they can play in yeah. above and beyond. But the biggest thing you play above and beyond is when you have that confidence. And nobody can give you that. The only way you can get that is results. And that, the way I hear the boys talking about Stuart Kettlewell is exactly what you'd expect him that he's very professional in everything he does, and they'll be really trying their damnedest to make sure he stays in his job and that's all we can ask for if the frustration is the fact I mean we spoke about Peter spoke about losing Kevin Van Veen in the summer scoring goals hasn't been a problem I think they're in the top four or five teams in terms of goals they've scored this season they just can't keep the ball out their net um, and the way they turned around the season round yes the goals from Van Veen but the way they turned their games round I was going to their games and I felt like they were solid they weren't giving much away now you're looking at the goals are losing losing goals from corners and stuff like that and it's um, it, it must be so frustrating for Stuart because they will be well, I know the way he works to speak to him. my brother obviously they do them till, till they do 10 and <laughs> ten good ones in a row I mean, you right. do them, yeah. and then a couple of minutes into a game up at Dingwall and you lose a goal for a corner so he'll be tearing his hair out um, and as I said scoring goals they've got, they've got a good forward line they've got them all back fit yeah. now they're scoring goals they just really have to tighten up Mika's fit again isn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah and scoring. So, so they scored um, fourteen goals at home and five away. So nineteen um, goals against at home, seventeen, and away from home, eleven. So that it tells a story. Yeah, yeah, that's. But, but Paul, as I say, people say Rangers look fitter. Yeah, it's not, and I know he's working a mad because Stephen will tell you. See when you're playing at a conference, yeah. everybody looks fitter. Yeah. Everybody looks as if they're running a wee bit harder. Yeah because the distances are smaller everything like that and the manager can be working them then you'll have the complaint down in England Manchester is saying they're getting worked too hard you understand what I'm saying yep. so it doesn't matter when you're winning you look completely different you know you talked about uh, Danilo taking an extra touch 
when he's playing well and at his best the ball's in the back of the net that's the sort of things and that's what I try to say and sure as Stephen rightfully says we work so hard at eradicating the defensive but sometimes when you're working so hard to make sure that back line is proper the doubt's setting in the players minds because you're getting right you need to be here you need to be here you need to be there yeah. instead of sometimes it's he spoke about it earlier on maybe the like, best time is Christmas you have a night out and they all go away and it's, yeah. it's bizarre as it may mm. seem but it's sometimes it's sitting there and boys are a wee bit more honest with each other a couple of drinks in them yeah. and then all of a sudden oh I'd never thought of that and then all of a sudden bang and have a laugh and a joke and then you hopefully get the results from that and that's that's the wee things that sometimes can change it for you then Bob's your uncle you get a few results and then you start playing as well as you can Well the manager was the angriest he's ever been and remember his club went down last season I know he was away before the end of the season but you know I think for him it was unprecedented Brendan Rodgers has had so much success so when he said that the weekend that was quite a statement and he was asked last night after the win against Hibs um, how he felt about it I think you've seen tonight the desire in the team the passion the commitment to go and press the game and then obviously for us that always creates opportunities so uh so yeah, we, we scored four goals and could have had a few more. Um, but uh, but no, overall, the, the mentality of the team is very good. 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. If you want to speak to the Falkirk captain, Stephen McGinn, and Peter Grant, the football legend. Uh, a few people have been on saying, Mayofsky, is he coming to Celtic? What do you think from Aberdeen? Could I wouldn't he... be shy taking yeah. him, Paul. You know, I think we spoke about him in the summertime when they were talking about Rangers yeah. bringing strikers. And I think... Stephen touched on it earlier on there as well. Sometimes we're shy about that, but you've got to remember, Celtic used to take Brian McClare's, yeah. Andy Walker's and all yeah. that from Motherwell and yeah. long before that, Scott you know, Dixon Deans yeah. and all these sort of guys. So you've got to remember all that. Harry Hood. They were, exactly, we're never shy of doing that yeah. because they're good players, you know. And, and I think when they come to play with better players, they become better players, mm. you know. And that's the thing we're saying. So, listen, he's done really well. I watched the semi-final and I thought Aberdeen were really poor. They got a goal out of absolutely nothing. But he's picked up in the halfway line and just ran and scored the goal and gets him straight to a cup final. But he's played well in the games. And I watched him in the international game against England and I thought he'd done well in that as well, Paul. And that's playing against so-called top-level players. So you've got to give him credit for that as well. Davy Proven, Martin McLeod. Oh, <laughs> we could keep going. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, two your biggest pals Abs- Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. 100%. But listen, a Davy Proven and a Martin McLeod we can still play in the modern day, so yeah. there's no getting away from that. Stephen, what are you thinking, Mayofsky? Can you see him swapping the red for the green and white? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I've, I think he's been excellent for for Aberdeen. I think he's been a really good signing, really good find. Um, I think him and Ramadani came from the same club, so um, really good bit of business from Jim Goodwin at the time. Um, I just I actually look at him sometimes, and I can't believe he's he's still twenty four. Yeah, he's still got a lot of learning to do. He's got seventeen caps for his country. And he scores goals, and as as Peter says, that one in the semi final, the goal he scores against Rangers, that's real quality. That's real top end quality. And Celtic have got the luxury of they're not they're not in this desperate search for a we need we need to find a number nine. We need to someone that's going to hit the level. They've already got Kyogo, who's having a bit of a dip. His first real dip he's had in a Celtic jersey. They've got O, who's a kind of young promising, and and it's it's as if they're just adding to it. And it gives, I think it will give Brendan Rodgers the opportunity maybe to play two up front at times. I think the problem is you've got the Nations, isn't it? Yep, the, the Asian, Asian Cup. Cup. Yeah, that's the problem. Because you look then, you think, you look at the bench yeah. and you think, right, where's after all, yeah, Kyogo, sure. right, where's the next striker? And right, is away. That's Whatever. what I'm saying. Yeah. So you used to always have your Jack and Marcus mm-hmm. and that prior to that, you know, so you always had the three round about that and Celtic don't really have that and I'm not sure any of the young boys coming how, through. How can they not have a good 
young striker. Well, young Vaz been playing seemingly through there with the, the B team and scoring a few goals. They've been playing him through. This, not a natural striker, but he's been scoring a few for the B team. Who's has got a lot of quality, but obviously there's a maybe a situation there with his contract situation. I'm not sure of that. I keep saying, but um, he's the one that seems to be playing through the middle. So I don't know if there's any other strikers there that they think, wow, that's the boy to stick on for us to go in there and play and lead the line yeah. for us. It's just it's just when you come back. I know it's come back maybe quite a while now, but there was a period in my youth. There was Mark Burchill, there was Simon Lynch, there was Sean Maloney, Craig Beatty. They felt that like there was always these good young Scottish players that just weren't getting the opportunity, just weren't quite good enough because they had some of the best strikers in Europe and guys like Larson um, keeping them out. But they always felt as if there was. But over the last five to ten years, I mean, they've not got the world-class strikers so much anymore. Where, where is these good young strikers coming Why through? not throw in Vata? He's still a Celtic player till the summer. Yeah, of yeah. course, of course. Yeah, and As I said, we don't know the background, so it's no use talking about it. But I know he's playing up front and scoring a couple of goals because you read about it in a situation. I think... It, the difficulty comes as we keep talking about it and it's in a, a different story and a different agenda. A lot of squads play now with one striker. Yeah. There's a problem for it. It used to be always, there was always two to start with and you'd always two on the yeah. bench near enough. So that was the sort of thing you had before. But now you've even groups named now, haven't you? If it's mostly yeah. groups, mm-hmm. you'll see but there's more wingers now than there is centre-forwards yeah, I, I, get, I get the wide forward but, but even, was it Ange Bostogoglu's first year when the big lad Dawson Played, I think he maybe scored at St Johnston yeah. and almost felt like he came from oh, Celtic give it a young striker on the bench yeah. oh he scored yeah. and, and and the buzz it gave people in terms of well, we've got a young striker here he's, he's someone we've brought through and you know what he was gangly he worked hard mm-hmm. and he got his goal you just feel as if what is the where, where are these next strikers coming from and through? what was his story after that who knows what happened I'm not sure. I'm know. not sure. I yeah. think his father's the boy that played with Holland. That I'm sure. Okay. Um, yeah. Dawson. Um, but, so, but listen, I think it's different now with strikers because, as I say, a lot of teams play with the one now because they think you can't be overloaded in the middle of the field. So that gives you less strikers to pick from. And you talk about strikers. Everybody wanted to be a number nine. Yeah. Because you always played with two, and everybody loved scoring <laughs> goals when you were young. Everybody yeah. wanted to play there. You know, um, and that's what you wanted. Now. Oh, I want to be the winger I want to play as a number 10 or whatever you know what I mean sort of thing and you're thinking I can understand why there's less of them now you know and that's why if I was a young player I'd be thinking if I can score goals and I've got good sure. movement up there I'd be wanting to play up the top end of the pitch one they'll end up getting the best contracts yep. you know and if you're playing up there and scoring goals and get good movement finishing mm. that's an area of the pitch I'd be looking for I think he's slightly bitter there <laughs> I told you I played as a centre forward. Exactly. I think for Celtic as a centre forward. Never did. played I know once. You did. Stephen, what, what number would you have loved? Would you love to have been an out and out oh, striker? Oh, yeah. yeah, you've got yeah. the height and everything yeah. as well. I mean, yeah. I, we always you always joke about strikers. Yeah. You, you only need one good season. <laughs> one good season to make a fortune forever. <laughs> We're gonna have to break for the news. There's lots of calls coming in, lots to talk about in the next hour. You know the number: 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy for your free energy home survey and bespoke. Quote, quote, call 0800 Let's go. Paul Cooney with Peter Grant and Stephen McGinnon. Some of your calls coming in on 0808 17 17 700. We're looking back at last night and looking forward to the weekend because the games are coming thick and fast. You know the story from midweek, Motherwell losing 3-0 at Ross County. That first goal coming in two minutes, Simon Murray. The Queen's Park, the ex-Queen's Park player, and they've missed him. And then Wednesday night, Kilmarnock, late, late show, was at the 93rd, fourth minute, and it was uh, David Watson who scored your old team, Kelly, first away win of the season, Stephen, and he took it really well. Yeah, uh, unbelievable. Um, he's a kid that, I remember when he was there, um, 
Sometimes, I mean, you, you feel a bit like a dinosaur as you get <laughs> as you get closer to your 30s and then into your 30s and you talk yeah. about how young players you played with and you just thought they've just got that bit in their eye that, that no matter what, they're going to make it. We, David Watson, had that. Um, he was someone, I mean, used to avoid him in training because it didn't matter who he was, he'd smash you. I remember when the first <laughs> really? time, yeah, yeah, honestly, I mean, the first time I did it, I, I can't remember if we had a game in the midweek or something, I kind of says, right, Davey, Great tackle, son. Yeah. Not to not tackle me, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. Ball came to me next time, smashed me even worse again. And I just thought, do you know what? I hated it at the time, but I loved it because it's something you speak about with kids as well. Don't hold back on reputations or anyone when you're going in, whether it's Kyle Lafferty, whether yeah. it's another young player when you're in training. Just go and play the way you want to play. Play like you want their jersey. And that's the way David Watson um, approached being a, a first and second year pro at Kelly. And it's the way he's played in the first team. And honestly, I couldn't be happier for him. Not sure he had that touch in his locker, to be honest, because mm-hmm. um, it's his t- the absolute touch of the season, and he takes it away. And you can see Derek McInnes, he, he's thrown him towards the Kilmarnock um, crowd just to, to take That's in right, the moment, yeah. because it, mm-hmm. it was such a significant win. It's, it's a goal the, the Kilmarnock fans will remember for a long and, time. And he's only 18, so... I've been really yep. impressed with him, Paul. I said that to you, we spoke about it in a game prior. I can't remember if it, one of the games, somebody had a shot, it came off the goalkeeper, and the wee fella had run from his own half, back play up, he was the only one that followed it in and got possession of it and cut it back and they get the goal from it. And I've been really impressed when I've seen him live. I watched a few times when he's playing against Celtic and he runs off in the middle of the pitch, he gets back in. He scored against Celtic actually as well, I think, mm-hmm. you know. And but he makes great runs into the box. But he's got a willing worker and as a midfield player, he's actually as a midfield player who gets behind the ball as well when his his team's not got it, mm-hmm. but gets in support to it. As we talk about if you're playing with one striker now, he gets there to support him and it's a fantastic goal. And Stuart. Finlay it could have been a nightmare for him he had a great chance didn't he just beforehand and he missed it but what a tackle he had on Majofsky which looked as though the striker was, was going to get maybe the winner for the Dons yeah big tackle big I mean, big moment for that Kilmarnock team yeah. as we mm. we've spoke about enough in the show the away record I know Derek McInnes that said after the game he wasn't uh, that concerned about it but he would have been um, two seasons in a row where the away form away results have been questioned um, he'd question everything travel sleep time how they yeah. train going into all these away games what's different um, so it's a big one it's, it, we, we spoke really highly of the, the Kilmarnock team and this kind of second third version of Derek McInnes' Kilmarnock team and the legs have got good signings in the summer so yeah. I think that'll be the message after the game he'll say yeah we've got Celtic but we've beat them here already let's take that into Sunday television game have a crack at it but let's kick on I mean the, the league is there to, to be got at and nowadays with the five European positions why not mm-hmm. yeah 20 points they have after the 16 games and they're in sixth position in, in the top half and as you mentioned they've got the big game on Sunday 12 noon Kilmarnock against Celtic we'll speak about that soon let's hear a bit more from Philippe Clement after Rangers win last night 8 o'clock kickoff at Tynecastle. there's a good crowd there a bitterly cold night but Rangers happy to get the win albeit you heard Balligan saying earlier on that they got away with one so it could have been better here's the manager's take on the win at Tynecastle mentally and work rate really good performance uh, you know it's a tough place to come and as long as you don't make the second goal they stay in the game with, with long balls and fights and long throw-ins and, uh, but we managed to, to defend well against that with all team but we need to finish off the game and make the second goal uh, to break their belief and we had five really big chances today should have been at least been uh, three goals and then uh, then you have a different end of the game 
and Butland had some big saves, a couple of big saves as well. See, Tom Lawrence is injured again, Peter. I know yeah. you... And that's one of the things we've said, Paul, you know, it's the only thing that holds him back because there's no doubt he's got the quality. I watched him a lot down in England and I was always impressed with him when I seen him. I thought he was a match winner. You know, he's got that quality in him. Um, Butland, we've spoke about before he yeah. signed with Rangers, mm -hmm. we told you how good he was if he he's does. fit, you know, so he's been outstanding for them. A bit like Joe and that, you make big saves at Celtic and Rangers, you have to make it. Um, but it's interesting because you're listening to what Clement saying with about long ball, hearts and long throws, but that's near enough what most teams are going to do against Celtic Rangers is look for set plays and if you've got somebody with a long throw, you've got to deal with that. They're going to be important and that's why you try and not give many of them away because you've got to keep them out of the box and you're right, as long as it's 1-0, there's always an opportunity there, you know, and that's that's why we say that the, the Butlins and the Hearts and that are so, so important. Uh, and bear in mind, both of them work together, you know, at Birmingham, uh, Joe Hart and yep. Butland, you know what I mean? So I the standards yep. that they've set for themselves and great credit to them. Um, but you need a big goalkeeper when you're playing for yourself, a big personality. But it's always easier to talk like Balogun talking when you have won. That was yeah. always the time to have really? a wee go at each other. Yeah, yeah you have a wee go at each other. What? Set the standard. Because yeah. you don't want people to get carried away. We've came here and won. We need to go and win again. Because that, as I say, is Celtic. That is Rangers. You have to do it week in, week out, game in, game out. That never changes. And it's once these players got up to speed, they understand that. Because probably other clubs that have been at, they've maybe picked up a draw here or maybe an odd loss here. Unfortunately... That can end your season here if you lose. If you're Celtic or Rangers, that can, you, you can be out it. This is what Liam Balligan said just after the game. I think we made it very hard for ourselves. I think everybody could have played a bit better today. Saying straight after the game, we have to, have to look at the match um, meticulously, but overall happy to get away with the win. It was a, was a tough place. We always knew it was going to be a tough place to come to. Stephen, if you disappeared for a year and then you came back, and you if I, you tuned in to go radio and you, Leon Balligan, he left in the summer of 2022. That was probably a mistake, wasn't it, to let him go at that point? Yeah, definitely. Um, as as we, we, I think it was last week we spoke about how, I mean, he couldn't have done any more mm -hmm. than, than turn up for training, and then make it clear he wanted to still be a Rangers player, and get into some of those Champions League games with um, James Sands at, Sands at centre back, which wasn't fair on. Uh, James Sands either but it wasn't a good look for the club when you're when back at the Champions League group stage level um, what what I would be doing I would be worried if it was John Suter or, or Ben Davis in terms of um, it looks like Balogun's got the jersey now um, getting into a, a huge period for the football club in terms of um, a cup final approaching but Balogun has really let Rangers down and I do think at the minute it's the best partnership. Yeah, he hasn't really, has he? Uh, John Suter, if he could stay fit, Peter, I'm just thinking about Suter, Ben Davies, uh, you'd imagine Rangers... I thought, I thought he was our best centre-back at the start of the season, yep. um, but he was playing the right-hand side. Mm -hmm. Then he got moved because Golson can't play on the left-hand side, mm -hmm. and I think Suter's a better user of the ball, and I think he passes the ball quicker forward than Golson does. Golson goes across the pitch, where Suter tries to go between into the midfield and whatever... Unfortunately, when he's on the opposite side, he started to pass the ball square now, John, because he's back on the left-hand side. Um, and it's, it's, it's a small detail, but it's important detail. But obviously, the manager fancies goals on the right-hand side, which is fine. Balogun's come back out, as you say, it's been a blow to them. But great credit to him. But it's funny, Michael Beale taking him down south with him, brought him back up, and everybody's sort of looking at it as if, well, why was this? But it just tells you he, th he thought that Davis and that at Rangers, they probably thought that 
Suter and Davis were going to be better than him, you know. And for me, Davis, natural left side, I'd be more disappointed if it was him. John, I've got a, an excuse for because I think he's better on the right hand side, and I think he proved that at the start of the season. Drew's been on the socials at Golf Football Show, enjoying the show, he says. So it's good to hear from Drew. Thanks, Drew. And he's saying, uh, What's the news then in January? The manager was asked yesterday, Philippe Clement, what's going to be happening, but he's not giving much away. No, because first we need to make a good assessment about that. It's not good, it's not fair, it's not honest to do it in six weeks. It's really short term that we have to make uh, decisions around that. So until January and even in January, players have the time to, to prove themselves that they are the right man for the club or the right man for the position. So it's, uh, it's, an, it's an open... Uh, open battle in that way to, to show themselves. Where are the areas that they're going to improve? So striker, I think, Stephen, we agree. Peter? Well, it's to... going to be interesting, Paul, because he's talking about, first of all, he's talking about relaying and helping with the injuries. Mm -hmm. Bringing someone in for that starts in December. He's bringing head of sports science, if yep. I'm right, or something like that, you know, so he feels as if he's got a lot of injuries. I find that incredible, actually, if you're talking about a club like Rangers Football Club, because really you're I don't mean you're blaming the physios and that, but really enough, you're saying that. You know? He did but, mention that not long after yeah, he came in. Yeah, of course. So that's but, something we need to look yeah, at. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But you're saying to yourself, well, a club like Rangers, it's your players are your most important thing that they're fit. So you've got to have the best of everything if you want to be that. So the, the amount of players that get recurring injuries, that's the biggest problem. You're talking about Tom Lawrence, which is unfortunate. You, the key my roof's not of this world, unfortunately. These guys fully fit. It's a completely different range of what we're looking at. We spoke about that in the summertime. So when these guys are not fit, it's the same with Celtic, they pick up injuries. You know, and it's difficult because players do pick up injuries. But if you've got the people round about them and the squad's big enough and strong enough to deal with that, that's fine. But see if you've not, then it becomes a massive problem. And that's why, not just looking at the window, who, God willing, nobody picks up inju any injuries that's going to be available because that all of us changes what you're looking at. You may be looking yes. at a centre half and yep. all of us, oh, I, I desperately need a central midfield player mm -hmm. because this has happened. And that, the manager's right to keep looking at everything out there, but it's so important. But if you're saying now, it is the worst window yeah. to bring yeah. people in. Mm -hmm. The worst window because it's near impossible. Unless players are out of contract, clubs are not willing to let them go because of the one, we're talking about injuries and whatever and the amount of games they play. Stephen, I'll ask you more about that in a moment or two. Celtic fan is on the line. Kevin. Evening, Kevin. Evening, Paul. How are you? Yeah, we're good. And the Even company, of, despite being with Stephen and Peter, yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's good, Kevin. Not in really good form. Um, Stephen is bouncing because he'll be back maybe this weekend after three months out. And Peter has just been Peter. So, as always, just breezes in. Kevin, you were talking there about the January transfer window. And I think you've got something to, to share on that from your point of view. I it was just um, obviously I've, I've, I've said that a couple of times, Paul. I must sound like a broken record, right? <laughs> but I know I, I know we've been linked with Miowski, yeah. but my question is more for Peter. Uh, well, all he's actually, but I'm concerned that Aberdeen are looking for a part. Uh, the reports are that we're going to have to break the, the record between Scottish clubs to sign this boy. You know, I think he's a good player, but is he that good that you would break the Scottish record? to pay like four and a half million quid for him. I'm not sure he's that, he's, he's that, he's of that quality, but and the broken record part is, why not just take a punt on Lauren Shanklin? Why, why not save a couple of million quid, get him in, and then and then wait until the January transfer window, get that out of the way, and wait until the summer, 
would he can properly have a search for a proper striker that maybe a club are wanting to sell? Because as Peter says, you may have a striker there that's a good quality. The clubs, clubs, I mean, just, just, I mean, really willing to sell him in the January because it's January. But you may be able to revisit it in in, uh, in June or July. Okay. But you've, but then if you say Miofsky, yep. you've just blew four and a half million yep. quid. Well, if you spend four and a half million quid, he's going to play. Uh, because they're saying four and a half million, that doesn't mean to say it's like how much is your house worth? Well, you'd yeah. like two million for it, but you can have it for two hundred grand. So it, I wouldn't think on the four and a half million. I think that's the kind of paper talk that clubs put out. Probably I'm not saying Aberdeen okay. are, but the people are. Peter Grant, what do you think? I think the difficulty is, what is a fee now? If you look round about now, ordinary players, and I mean ordinary, yeah. are going for three and four million pound. And that's not been disrespectful. For in Scotland, it's a hell of a lot of money. But you try and bring that quality, as Kevin's saying there, mm-hmm. if you even look down south and you look at a right good striker, you know, could you imagine going for a, a Solanke or something at Bournemouth? No. Impossible. Sure. Yeah. You know, but you'd think, oh, he's playing with Bournemouth, why is he not coming to Celtic? But it's night and day. So do you think Majofsky might cost four, four and a half million? Well, Aberdeen are in pole position depending on how long he's got in his contract because the selling point for them is he's an international player, he's 24 yeah. years of yeah. age. You know, Celtic probably need a striker because three of them are going away yeah. for the Asian Games and people all know that. And that's always the difficulty because people are saying, well, we hold the cards here. But I agree, Lauren Shankland could play for Celtic as well because I keep saying it, Anybody that creates chances for these guys, they'll put the ball in the back of the net because they're natural finishers. Mm-hmm. And Celtic and Rangers create more chances than anybody else. And look at Kenny Miller, what he did. He'd been at Rangers then down south, came to Celtic, was a really good striker. Maybe unlucky not to get enough game time and opted to go. But I think at the time he wanted to get another season. Stephen, what do you think? Um, I think um, I think what Kevin's saying about thinking about Lawrence Shanklin, I think that's something that Brendan Rodgers, his, his coaching team, um, the scouts will speak about pros and cons of a Miofsky to a Shankland in terms of age who, who'd be more likely to fit into the system score goals I wouldn't get overly concerned with the fee um, when you think of how Celtic do business there's a lot of there's tens of million pounds just from the summer sitting in the, the stands at the minute when you think of Lager Bielke Navroki um, Quan, you throw in maybe from last year guys like Bernabeu that are just sitting in the stands so I think Bojan Miofsky, I mean, you're, you're recruiting in terms of Kyogo, his absolute best is going to play. So you're, you're trying to yeah. recruit for maybe a striker that's not absolutely guaranteed to play, but it's proven to score in the league. So the discussion, I, I agree that the discussion with, within the walls of Lennox Town will be happening, Shankland t- to Miofsky. So I, I wouldn't get overly concerned with saying uh, Celtic pay four and a half million for him, he's got to play because it's not how they operate. And I think that as well, you know when you've got top quality strikers, you know you've got to be on your game to be yeah. playing. As I say, a lot of people are playing with one striker now. Does it give them a slightly different one that they can play with two? I'm not sure that Brendan would go back to two up front. You know, it's always going to be a sort of one up, one off sort of a thing. Uh, that's the modern day game. I like the two strikers, as you say, sometimes you play a three, it's easier to play with two yeah. nowadays. Yeah. But the, the quality, he's scoring goals. Both of these boys are scoring goals in the league you play in. Yeah. And sometimes that's all you can look at is because of the league you're playing in with the chances that their opportunities they're creating can they score goals against them nobody's talking about going and winning the Champions League with Mayovsky or anything like that that's that's impossible you know what I mean so but he's still a talented boy with quality and would score goals for Celtic the The fee me as a Celtic sport I'm not interested as long as he puts the ball in the back of it for Celtic the discussion might involve Liam Scales 
in terms of someone that had been with him last year and saying, how good is that boy? It might be a personal recommendation. Look, you've got good to go check. and get him. He, yeah. He's a top player. Good point. Kevin, what else last night? What did you feel? Mikey Johnson, interesting, the manager said afterwards, he was asked about Mikey Johnson and I think, I'm paraphrasing, said he needs to do it, I think, more often, more consistently. Could they agree, could, could they agree more? I mean, Pierre will tell you, like, Pierre might need to be a wee bit more diplomatic about it, but for me, <laughs> uh, no. Mikey Johnson is the most frustrating player um, I've ever watched. And I take away the injury side, I feel terrible for him yeah. because the injuries. Sure. But his final ball, his consistency, is just isn't there. It's like he's got all the talent and it's as if the talent is busting that he seems to get out, but he can't get out. I don't know what it is with him. Um, he's de- there's definitely something there. Um, but if, Brendan, if there's anybody that can get out of him, it's Brendan Rodgers. And, and just speaking on young players, Peter, there's a young boy in the B's and B squad, certainly last year, uh, the boy that he's... Uh, he's Cousin or uncle's the ex boss captain, the boy Joey Dawson. Yeah, that's what I told him earlier, Kevin. He was banging the goals in for the B squad and Ben Summers as well. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's just frustrating that these we don't see these young boys on the bench. And I, I agree with Stephen. Stephen made a great point earlier about we used to see the Burchells and the Maloney's and all that coming through. You don't tend to see it anywhere. And it's, you, when you see them banging in the goals for the B squad, which is a higher level than reserve football, yeah. you're kind of left scratched there. You'd be about to see. How are these boys not getting on the bench? Great point. And that's what you were both saying a wee while ago. Well, the biggest yeah. problem you've got, Kevin, is you say that the squad of 25, if they're not in that squad of 25 and they, they don't, don't get these yeah. opportunities, and how can the manager see them play if they're playing a Saturday as well? All these wee simple things, you know. And the squads are too big now. That For me, personally, I, I don't like the five substitutes. I don't like all that. I think if someone gets injured, I never made my debut. Somebody takes not well in the morning of the game, all of a sudden I make my yeah. debut. So yeah. that wouldn't happen nowadays. You know what I mean? They'd need to be 10 shot in the morning of a game for some of these young boys to get an opportunity. Sure. And that's that's the problem yeah. you have. And it's difficult for the manager to see them. I know you'll see them in training, but game time and the managers, the amount of work they've got to do to get to see them is very, very, very difficult. Stephen? Across the city, look at what's happening with Ross McCausland. Yeah. He's just been exposed to first-team football. He's taken to a duck to water. Yeah. And he's solved Rangers, a problem for Rangers at right midfield. Yeah. And played well again last night, doesn't he? He's not shy to get on the ball and to make things happen. At Tynecastle in, in a notoriously tough game. Yeah, uh, sure. Brown for, for Rangers and But South listen, Paul, yeah. people have got to remember, when you were 17 and you were near the first team, you get released. And it didn't matter how good you were because it meant there was somebody just in front of you who was just a wee bit better than you. And it meant there was somebody behind you who was better than you. So... No matter how good you were, you were out. You were out. So you were 17. Who was it? Was it ill or injured that day when you were 17? You played at Ibrox. I'm, I'm not sure. Right. But I ended up playing central midfield along mm. with Paul, Tommy, mm. Murdo was at left back. Wow. David Prom yep. was right. Uh, he came on, actually. David mm. came on okay. that game. So I had a really experienced team. I was I had a great Danny McGrain lot, but I was yeah, very fortunate. Sure. But as I say, out of nothing, Paul. Yeah. You, you were know, in. you were yeah. going to play in a reserve game and then you get a call. <laughs> and that's the difference. These boys don't get that mm-hmm. opportunity, unfortunately. And it would be brilliant if we could see a young player coming through. I mean, Kieran Tierney, yeah. and you would see the last one it played. Yeah. And I'm talking sure. about 70 games, 80 mm-hmm. games. You know, so what age is Kieran now? 26, 27? Mm-hmm. 26, I you think. Know? Yep. So that's the problem we have. Kevin, that was your big call tonight. So you said get the checkbook out for Lauren Shankland rather than Bojan Miofsky. Yeah, that's it, mate. Get, get the checkbook out for him, mate. He's a player that I really... I really, really like Shankland. Um, I just think that in a Celtic squad, 
he will score a bucket load of goals. He will, he will solve a problem for us. I think once we, with the boys go away with Japan and Korea, uh, I think he will solve a problem, mate. So I would love to see him get in. But you know, listen, I'm looking forward to January to see we get. We need a couple of bodies in. It's a difficult windy, but hopefully we get a new a couple of good players in. And uh, before I shut off, uh, uh, Stephen, Stephen, good to see you back, mate. And I, I hope you I hope you come back. Well, bang, mate. So well done, get ready, engine, mate. Thanks, Kevin. Really appreciate it. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. For your free energy home survey and a bespoke quote, call 0800 233 5788. Let's go. Global Eco Energy sell and energy products to domestic, commercial, and public sector customers. With access to a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage, air source heat pumps, and eco-garden makeovers, we offer a bespoke service tailored to your exact needs. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global-eco.co.uk. Thanks for all the messages tonight, Peter Grant. Stephen, again, some great points you've made, guys, this evening. Not quite sure what you're on, but it's good stuff. <laughs> Just high in life, Peter. Looking Absolutely. forward to the weekend. We've been talking about the games this week and last night. We heard from Philippe Clement, we heard from Abdallah Sima, and we heard from Brendan Rogers. Leon Balligan as well with uh, his take on last night. But I heard what Peter was saying. It's all right. When you win a game, you can say, oh, we got away with one. You wouldn't be saying that if, it was, if there was some controversy. There was a bit of controversy last night. Are we allowed to do this on uh, Thursday evening? Let's do some GAR. G-A-R. The Go-Assisted Referee on the Go Radio Football Show with CSD Air Conditioning. Comforting air quality all year round. So a few Aberdeen fans have been on. They were really, well, disappointed to lose a late, late goal. Come on, getting that brilliant strike from David Watson in the, I don't know, the 90... Somebody Third, said 97. 97, yeah. yeah. Somebody said Possibly. 97. However, three seconds into the game, there was an incident which hardly anyone noticed at the time, but I know they looked at it in sports scene last night. Uh, Stephen, you've looked at it a couple of times there this afternoon. So what about it? Watkins, almost straight from kickoff, yep. The ball's played through. Yeah, it's one of the, I mean, the balls move. Yeah. The balls move back from the kickoff. It's yeah. one of the oldest. The strikers are running as fast as they can yeah. to try and get to the ball. Um, the Aberdeen defenders put his body out almost to block Mally Watkins, and he's threw an arm out. And it's one of those things. I mean, the old back in the day, the football, your first tackle would almost always be a free one, but not in modern football. Mm. I think that absolutely the only case for that not being a red card is just the timing of the games, whether the, the referees just thought like, you can't send someone off after three, four seconds of a game because when you watch it back from all different angles, it, it just gets worse. But why not send somebody off? I mean, I, I kind of understand, but Peter, is there any excuse? If that should have been a card, it should have been a card. Well, as I say, Paul, I've never seen it. And yeah. I don't like, I know what it was like in our day and used to get away with murder. I spoke about one prior at Hampton Pitodry with the God rest on Neil Cooper done it with Charlie, yeah. Charlie yeah. Nicholas. Yeah. Uh, just a few seconds into the game and that was your marker, really. Um, it's different nowadays. And as I say, listen, you talk about it. If the referees have seen it or they have not seen it now, you've got the VAR to go to. And that's the thing I'm, I'm quite surprised that, you know, that they've not went to that. It doesn't matter. You don't get a first one now. You don't, unfortunately, yeah. you don't used to say you, you've got one tackle. You don't get that now. Let's let's show them the moment. You've got it there on your phone, haven't you? The Marley Watkins moment. Uh, and we don't want to see players being sent off, but it is remarkable. I, I think I think Kilmarnock will address it today at training. Okay. Derek yeah. McInnes might speak to him and say, look, you just can't. I understand why you did it. Um, there's no, it's not an absolute off the ball. 
time break your nose. No, it's almost sure. a just you're trying yeah. to block me, get out of the way. But yeah. just the way the way he catches him, the way the Aberdeen player goes down, the way Aberdeen players surrounding the area claim for it. Um, yeah, I play my fire a bit. So I think it's a, a little warning. I'll go out to command players just to be careful. Well, see this now. If you'll see it in a yeah. lot of games. So if you pass the ball back to your goalkeeper, Kyogo does it brilliant. He goes and chases the goalkeeper down. Now defenders are just blocking him or running in front of him and they're 10 yards for the ball. Yeah. So why is it not a free kick or a penalty kick? I don't understand it because you're supposed to make an effort for the ball and if you don't make an effort for the ball, it's supposed to be a free kick. And you see it week in, week out now because we're always told, go and press the goalkeeper, go and press the defender. And if you do it and somebody just... 10 yards away from the ball it's different if you're half a yard away and you're shielding it that's different but t- when you're 10 yards away you can't automatically just stand in somebody's line and go in front of them or throw your arm up to stop them getting through so I'm not surprised as you're saying if somebody so- swung an arm because I think in our day they'd maybe take your arm off if you'd have done that with them you know what I mean and that's big to get away with then not nowadays yeah no you're absolutely right but that was worth a look at Gar will be back on Monday night we'll be here with Mark and Barry and uh, we'll see that. I don't think there was anything else last night really was there no, I don't think there's much controversy. Nothing major. No. no, the Celtic penalty went to VAR. Okay, but right, but that sorry, was strange. Yeah, sure. uh, that, that was a strange one. I was at the game and yeah. at first I'm looking and thinking, oh, it can't be much of one because mm-hmm. Alistair Johnson's not complained and great credit to him. He never made a, a meal of it or any shape or form. But it was a stone wall penalty when mm-hmm. you've seen it in the replay. You know what I mean? It was, there was no question on it. He never got a touch on the ball and his trailing legs brings Alistair down. But it was interesting. Alistair should be getting credit for the way he got him got on with it. Uh-huh. I'd never made a meal of it rolling about and whatever, but Celtic got the penalty and it was a definite penalty kick. You say credit, sorry, and I agree with you for what it's worth, but look at in Europe, Atletico and Lazio and, and, and just about every other club. It's different there, isn't it, the way they approach it? Yeah, I think, listen, you used to be embarrassed if you were mm-hmm. on the ground. You would never lie down because you used to think, oh, he knows he's hurt me then. Yeah. You know, you always try to get up no matter if your leg was hanging off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you didn't want to make sure he didn't hurt yeah. you. You're killing you. <laughs> your leg was killing you. Yeah. It's different nowadays and great credit to Alistair Johnson. But that's what put me off thinking, oh, maybe he's not got him. Mm-hmm. But then you looked to watch the replay. It was a stonewall penalty. Stephen? Yeah, with Alistair Johnson's reaction and um, there wasn't a major contact or whatever, but it's very, very hard to argue when you watch it back and the referee goes over to the screen not to penalty. Lewis Stevenson, for all his experience, shouldn't dive in like that. See, on that, Paul, yeah. talking about VAR and all that, this is where the supporters are getting frustrated because of the time it's added on because of this VAR going to this VAR. Surely, whoever's sitting in VAR then should just shout down to John Beaton as a penalty kick. Let's take it. No need to send him away over to your screen. Because remember, yeah. it's a referee that's sitting up there. Yeah. You know? And at the end of the day, if that referee up the stair gets the, the wrong, that's who gets it wrong, not John Beaton. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it takes all this time away because you're adding five and six minutes on. You know, a game it's 4-1. I'm sure Nick Montgomery was wanting the game finished as well at that particular sure. time. And they might be uh, yeah. more reluctant to re-referee the game if it's on their head. Absolutely. They say, oh, Peter, that's that's definitely a penalty. I'm thinking, that's, that's me making that decision. Absolutely. Taking it out, out of your hands. So, yeah, it's maybe worth looking at. Big Peter's been on, Rangers fans saying, what's the cry now? Penalty for Celtic. <laughs> <laughs> no, often enough, but... That's what he said. He's on... No, and he's just ahead on penalties uh, for them. It's the penalties against thing, isn't it? That, Aye, but ours are, yeah. are penalties. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> ours, in your case, being... Speaking there on your old club, Celtic. Uh, but yeah, nothing else much last night on VAR on GAR. G-A-R. The Go Assisted Referee on the Go Radio Football Show with CSD Air Conditioning. 24-hour heating and cooling specialists.
Livingston not in action last night and they're bottom of the table though on 10 points after 14 games. Aberdeen on 13 points, hard to believe, but that's where they are. A point behind St. Johnson on 14 alongside Motherwell in 14 after Motherwell's defeat on Tuesday night. Uh, Ross County, they've uh, moved up to 17. I mean, there was a point when they were, well, it was St. Johnson and it was Ross County for a while in August, September into October. Dundee on 18, they slipped down, but they didn't have a game last night. Kilmarnock on 20, just shows you how it can change after the 16 games. Hibs on 21, uh, St. Merlin on 22, Hearts on 23, Rangers on 34 and Celtic on 42 points. Brendan Rodgers has taken the game last night. Yeah, the attitude in the game was, was excellent from the very first whistle. Um, Hibs I really like as a team. I think the, uh, the league will be a better league if, um, if teams played like, like Hibs. Uh, so, so we knew we had to be really organised against them in our pressure because they can build the game really well. So organisationally... We were very good in our pressing and then obviously with the ball we created opportunities. So, um, but overall, collectively, yeah, it, was, uh, it was a good win and some very good goals. So it rolls on. It is relentless. It's Kilmarnock on Sunday, 12 o'clock, the early kickoff. Thinking of the teams last night, many changes for Celtic. He surprised people last night. Kyogo, do you think he was just rested, Stephen, last night? Or was it tactically he thought, I'm going to change it, give uh, get O a chance? Hon- Johnson. Honestly, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, as I say, I think it's Kyogo's worst spell as a Celtic player. Mm-hmm. Just not not just his uh, lack of goals. It just it just doesn't play him with the same spark. Mm-hmm. Um, the chance he missed last night, very unlike him. I don't know if he's a little lacking in confidence in terms of how he's playing because you would, you would expect him to score that. Um, I just think with the type of game it might be in Sunday in terms of I think Malak going to put everything on top of Joe Hart. Um, free kicks, corners from everywhere. Brendan Rodgers, with the way O played the other night, might just go again with, with O just for his height alone. I think he'll start with O. I think he deserves it. It's not because of Kyogo. I mean, I, I love Kyogo and I, I think he's a very good player. And I, I get frustrated sometimes for him because the ball doesn't come in the box quick enough when he makes a great run or the ball doesn't get played forward quick enough. And that, that's down to selection of pass. And as a striker, you get frustrated. There was a couple of times last night and Stephen been at the game, you'll you probably see him. He was free right in the middle of the box and the cross never came in. And he made three or four fantastic runs. And to be fair, that's the problem you have when you have inverted wingers because sometimes the ball does go back the way. And it's interesting, we scored off a couple of crosses that came in. And I think that's important. I think he's a top, top player. But I think O deserves the opportunity at this moment in time. Not because of Kyogo, but just because... As you go in and play and you get your goals and I know Carter Vickers was claiming the first one but it comes off him. He gets his second one. He's, he's not bored. He's done his job. If you do your job, you deserve to say in the team and that's the way it is. If you've got the jersey, make sure you hold on to it and that's all I would say to any player. What about um, David Turnbull? So he didn't start last night. He's on the bench. Does he come back on or uh, did Iwata? I think he did enough for you, didn't he? Yeah, listen, Iwata was excellent. I think the midfield three... I thought that they were the catalyst with the two fullbacks, especially early in the game, because the midfield three, which they've all got, they've got a, if they've got a rotation anytime, if they did rotate at any time, there was always someone in each position. But what I really liked about Awata was because he doesn't go too wide on either side, he's always available for a pass, he knows where to break the game down. And you've got O'Reilly, you had Callum getting forward and having a strike at the goal, you've got O'Reilly scoring goals and fire. So that three, I don't think that'll break up come the weekend. And I listen, and I, I like David Turnbull. Yeah. You know, I think he's got something to offer, and especially with teams playing the way they do against Celtic, we're playing deep, and you need somebody that can strike the ball well from outside the box, and he does that exceptionally well. 
I, I just think he, he's another one that's all this consistency or he doesn't get enough games and sometimes he gets taken off not necessarily because how poorly he's been playing it's maybe they're going to go with two strikers and you're trying to keep goal scorers on the, the pitch and that's when Matt O'Reilly will maybe stay on because of the amount of goals he's had this season and the amount of assists he's had so sometimes he gets sacrificed for that at times as well I, I think I think he could play he could potentially move Palmer to the right and play Tumbo off the left in terms of the way the game might be you know it's on AstroTurf I think it's the smallest pitch in the league um, is it? Yeah. Kilmarnock mm. are going to play I mean like the cup tie they're going to have everyone in their own half it might take a bit of moment of magic it might take a bit a goal from out, um, outside the box and we all know Turnbull can do that so just with the lack of options I mean nobody apart from Palma is really grabbing that um, second winger jersey and saying right get, give me that even just for a few games I mean uh, they're all struggling with a bit, bit of consistency so it wouldn't shock me you have Palma out in the right in terms of feeding crosses in on his right and Turnbull maybe cutting in and you know, off the left CCV came off the manager said afterwards with just a bit of tightness if he wasn't fit for the weekend and if he thought well because of the surface there um, is it going to be Nat Phillips in I mean he, was, he seemed a bit ring rusty last night would that be fair yeah I think he could have made the game easier for himself I think sometimes he ends up there's a pass on to your right back yeah. or your right winger mm. And I felt he kept going square to scales. And any time he passed the ball forward, it turned four or five Hibs players out of the game. And I just think playing squares, Celtic were never ever a team that played square across the back because that's one thing we were always told. Because the opposition are sitting in there hoping you're going to go square that they can push up on you. And especially the two pacey guys, the Hibs, that they had. And I just yeah. think if he'd have used that, and there was a couple of times he got done on the 1v1s, they hit the post, and I think Joe had a good save, if I remember right. And then it was twice he was stepped over. It looked a bit ring rusty, to be fair. Mm. Carter Vickers not playing would be a blow, but it's an interesting one because it's on that surface. surface and yep. the, the change of surface sometimes doesn't help when you're going for grass to the the Astro, obviously. And that's something that Brendan and obviously Carter Vickers, because you wouldn't want to lose him for a, a period no. of time because he's too important. And there's Feyenoord next week. Yeah, and but he's we too know, important. Sure, yeah, of he's course. too important, Paul. No matter yeah. who you're playing next, he's too important to the group yeah. that he's playing in your games. And we know your old club's going out of Europe, but still, Celtic Feyenoord, and you're still big money, isn't there? For the points on the night, and you, and you don't want to finish with one point. I, but you want to win a game of course, in the Champions yeah. League. You want to put that to bed. Yeah. You know, you want to get that and get a victory. And it'll be a tough game. And Brendan will want to equal or better Angie's points last year or is that a silly yeah, thing to say? Yeah, he definitely will when it comes around but I just think with um, Carter Vickers being a doubt in terms of he, he wasn't available obviously for the last game I think it was Navrocki and Lagabelki yeah. played that day um, he's such a key player for Celtic the only game they've, they've lost this season domestically and, and he wasn't available so that'll be his main concern about whether Carter Vickers is fit for the weekend in terms of um, who plays instead but the pecking order by the way it is in terms of Phillips being on the bench it looks like Phillips would play instead but I don't see I mean short term he's, he's going back in January Navrocki was a big money signing I thought he looked quite promising the bits I've seen I've, I'm obviously not privy to the, the training sessions behind the closed doors games and stuff like that so you, you trust the manager you always pick his best team but I just think there was more to work with with Navrocki than Phillips mm -hmm. And the manager always does say, I mean, he, he's very active in the training ground, isn't he? Brendan Rodgers is hands-on and he watched, and he, I hear him saying in the press conferences, yeah, yeah, I watch people in training um, very much. Well, it's so but, important, Paul, you've got to do your job in training. Yeah. As a, whether you're a manager and managers sometimes used to stand at the side, but managers now are mostly coaches. Yeah. You know, because that's sure. what you want to do because you know your job's on the line. So you've got to be the one that's yeah. on there and showing that enthusiasm and telling the players that they're not getting mixed messages. 
That's for sure. Ready to get your predictions for the weekend. That's next. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Design your bespoke solar PV system and meet your energy needs with no upfront costs. Let's go! Is there enough respect for the referees? It's the week when Mulholland went crazy with the referee last weekend. I see there was all sorts of... Uh, Nonsense going on and social yes, media and all the rest. I, th- I think if you speak that way, yes. Yes. I think you've got to be careful with that. Listen, I can understand the frustration. Yeah. I think the biggest thing, a lot of people have said, Jack really should have high off a lot still to do. Mm-hmm. And I think he was getting caught with the defender, to be perfectly honest with you. The only thing that was possible was happening, maybe an order off with a mistimed tackle. But um, I think, yes, I agree with that. And listen, I was mouthy as well, but yep. you've, you've got there's a way to do it. Quite a few mentions today it's coming in Alfredo Morelos Santos so that great name in Brazilian football the home of Pele Neymar as well was there but I mean they were a massive club and it's not to do with him because he's hardly played but I see they've been relegated and Stephen it's hard to believe when you look back that they were just such a huge name football's changed the best players in the world have gone to England and elsewhere France but uh, Santos going down is a, a major blow the fans were far from happy um, yeah, but he's yeah. hardly kicked the ball all over social media as well yeah. one of three teams to never have been relegated yeah. uh, from Brazil top league so uh, seeing the scenes obviously don't condone yeah. the, the oh, violence but yeah. uh, it's just the trauma involved with the fans and, and uh, Santos being relegated but uh, Alfredo Morelos hasn't played a part good or bad so right. he's not someone I'd consider bringing back to Rangers no I see on the social media it's saying in, in very good publications it's some English clubs are ready to swoop We've heard that for years and years. And this guy, Peter Grant, said he's playing for one of the biggest clubs, Glasgow Rangers. And some Rangers fans at the time were, oh, you've been disrespectful. You were being respectful. I was being respectful to Rangers. Exactly. Something yeah. that he wasn't. Yeah. And that's, for sure. that's what I always yeah. said. And listen, it's nothing to do with him and the respect. The, the funny thing for me was, yeah. they were, I think they lost 2 0, 3 0, 2 0. He was on the bench. I know he'd been out injured. And the manager never brought him on in any of the, the three games. So that tells me enough and as you say Paul if there's talking about Premier League teams in England and all that he has got some agent because he'd done that same rubbish a couple of years back as well and they kept doing that can you not just go somewhere and say listen this is where I want to be and go and help Santos get promoted because you say an outstanding club by all accounts and listen the people of Brazil they, that's what they live for is their yeah, football oh, club yeah. nothing else that is their religion is their football yeah. And they just, you can see the scenes, it was terrible, obviously, and you don't want to see that, you don't no. condone it, Stephen says. Yeah. But that's what it means to them. You know, it's, that is their life. That's what takes them out, their poverty. That's what their enjoyment of yeah. going yeah. to the game on a Saturday, you know, is going to watch their team in the top mm-hmm. league. And what a massive, massive blow that is for sure them. Is. And there's some news from a top pundit, it's you, Stephen, saying that Lauren Shanklin's Rangers transfer, speculation, snobbery is misplaced, as Stephen issues provincial strikers reminder that you mentioned about an hour ago in the programme. Peter, you often do it as well. Tonight it's you, Stephen, so that's good. There's an excellent piece there in the record online. But stuff when they start to say, oh, English clubs are getting ready and I know there's agents and all the rest, I wouldn't give it airtime because it's just not the case. And there's a guy with so much talent and he, he let down legions of Rangers fans. And I know you could say, oh, he had all those goals he scored. Yep, could have been many, many more. Many trophies did they win? Yeah. Well, not many. No, but he, exactly. but he was part of the Many big the, games did he score Yep, sure. You know, yep. that, that, that's the thing for me. And he, I'll never, obviously, Giovanni Bronkhurst, Van Bronkhurst, yep. sorry, that European game, mm. he let the Rangers fans down desperately, he let his manager down. 
you know, desperately they couldn't take him on a European game, a massive game for Rangers Football Club, and he wasn't available for his lack of professionalism. That's true. Two summers running, he was late back and missed the Champions League qualifiers, as you say. I just can't believe it. Stephen, what would you have given? You've had a good career, a really good career. What would you have given, though, for to play in the Champions League? And you, yeah, everything. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, I mean, even if you just forget the first few years and the argument of him at his best, see the last six months of his Rangers career Rangers were in desperate need for a striker to to do the business they had two huge games for Celtic at hand and I know he scores one at the back post but he was one of the huge reasons why Celtic were just so far ahead in those games at Hamden wasn't in the condition to play up front in his own for Rangers I, I, I don't know how anyone can make an argument for bringing him back this weekend then, let's look at the card. Let's go to, what about St Mirren, Ross County? Stephen, one of your old clubs there, St Mirren. And my goodness, well, I'll let you say it about after such a great run, how much they want and need a, a win on Saturday. Yeah, um, yes, obviously I spoke to a couple of guys the other day and all, and all the noise comes because of such a good start and have such a, a bad run. Um, but you can point to a few factors. I, I think, I mean... If they get to half-time on Sunday at Ibrox, um, I don't think any Rangers fans would have enjoyed the second half and the, the way St Mern go about their business. By all accounts, they should have won the game last night at St Johnston. So there's no great panic from me. I think they're, they're sitting quite nicely in the league um, after 16 games, sitting fourth in the league. Any St Mern fan out there would have snapped their hands off for that after 16 games. So... They've got a good game on Saturday to look forward to. Ross County at home. I know they're off the back of a couple of good wins, Ross County, but if they're really serious about um, those Euro- European positions as a, as a group of players, then it's a game they need to be winning. I've gone for 1-0 St Mern. 1-0 St Mern. Mikel Mandron, he came so close uh, last night as well. Peter, what do you reckon in that game? That's exactly what I've got here yeah. as well, yeah, Paul. Good. I went 1-0 St Mern. Obviously, I really like Simon Murray out yeah. at Ross County. Mm-hmm. I think... He gives the team a lift and his enthusiasm and his ability mm-hmm. and that'd be the only sticky for me they think they could maybe concede but I'm going to go for St Mern because you know Steve likes his team's organised yeah. mm-hmm. and I think he could make it difficult for them. Peter, hard one to predict in my view. What about Livingston up against Hibs? David Martindale's done a remarkable job there but I'm going to go for Hibs 3-1. Mm-hmm. I just think Hibs have got a bit of pace up front. Mm-hmm. You've got Venti who didn't play last night who's on a goal scoring run. Yep. You know, they've got a mix of things they can do up front and I think that can make a difference because I don't think they'll get sucked into playing in their own half and I think they'll make them uh, defend. Mm. I just think they've got that, maybe that wee bit of quality. Dodge very good in there, so they've got a good yeah. mix of these front men and I think that'll be enough for them to we'll get see. over. He got the goal last night. What do you think, Stephen? I've gone for 2-1 to Hibs. Just, I just yeah. think this is... Livingston have looked poorer than any other time they've been in the Premier League and... As Peter said, I think Hibs have got goals in their team. I've um, gone for 2-1. Motherwell, St Johnson. Stephen, what do you reckon? Cup final, isn't it? Yeah, uh, unbelievable. I, th- I think the, I think the two, two, they're all big games, but the two yeah. big games, obviously the Aberdeen Hearts game and, and Motherwell, St Johnson, yeah. huge games. Um, I just think Motherwell have got to go back to the basics. Be hard to beat, be hard to score against. They've got goals in the team, they've got goals in the squad, but first and foremost, stop that ball going in your net. Um, and I don't think St Johnson will give much away under Craig Levine anyway so for that reason <laughs> I'm going for 0-0 0-0 yeah, yeah. I went 1-0 Motherwell right I just think Craig's team's done really well mm-hmm. I think the disappointment the other night there for Stuart and his group and they're working on it 
and I didn't realise the amount of goals that they had still even scored with Van Veen obviously still yeah. a missing mm -hmm. but I still think at important times they needed a goal and I'm just going to, it's going to be a really dogged game and I just think Muller will maybe nick it because it's at home I'd have went the opposite way if it had been away from home but I'm going to go for Muller because it's a third part and of course that would put them in 17 points it's just amazing. I mean, it's not going to make the season, but it will just change it. If they were to lose, then um, you would worry for them. Aberdeen Hearts, as Stephen mentioned, this is the other big game at, well, for Aberdeen at the other end of the table. And yet, remember earlier on, Aberdeen were you know, the third force for a while this season. What do you reckon, Peter? Aberdeen 2-1 I've went for. Um, I just think, obviously, Hearts have got somebody that can score goals, as we've spoken yeah. about, so we know that. Yeah. But I just think Aberdeen at home, the demand on them for their own supporters... I think that'll be enough to push them over there, and especially after the disappointment the other evening there, losing a goal so late as well. You know, they know they've got to go there, the players know they need to go there. If you're the director for the telly, get the cameras on the, just to see who's there. <laughs> the scouts. Is that a Rangers scout? Is that a Celtic scout? That's you know, what happens. Shanklin, Majofsky. Who's going to be the happier? What do you think? I've gone for Aberdeen too. Yeah. I, I, know, I know it sounds silly when there's yep. 10 points between them in the league table, but I, I still think Aberdeen have got a better squad. Um. And I've gone for someone who spoke about 1-0, Bojan Majofsky. Rangers against Dundee. So what do you reckon? Dundee have done well, but it's Ibrook's a fortress under Philippe Clement. Yeah, I think the message, uh, Leon Balligan touched on it. I think Rangers will want to go out and put this to bed early. Um, no messing about. Get get some players off into the second half ahead of a, a huge week. Two, two massive games for the football club. So I've gone for 3-0 uh, to Rangers. Any changes in the Rangers lineup? Do you reckon? I don't think they can make millions of changes, um, and you just—I just think the boys will want to play, um, play those games ahead of the two big ones. It's a favourable game to play in. Um, nah, and where can you change it? I mean, you're taking yeah, sure. risks if you make any more changes. Right, Barisic did a knock, didn't he? So uh, Yilmaz came in for him but you wouldn't make too many I love that millions of changes there's only 11 players but <laughs> it's a great West of Scotland you don't get that in five live or whatever if that's still on there Peter what do you reckon on that one? Tony Dockery's done great at Dundee yep. but I'm going to go 4-0 Rangers um, I just think well, as I've said many times playing for Celtic and Rangers the next game is most important forget Thursday forget mm -hmm. next Sunday or whatever forget them you know it's all about winning on Saturday and then you take after that and you prepare for the next game after that. You don't look beyond. You look at this one, win this one, and that's why I think Rangers have got too much quality. I think they'll run out comfortable winners. Do you know, I said back to the grind after the European stuff the other week and Mark Weedy and Barry Ferguson both went, what? And Barry's like, a grind playing football for Rangers? Um, I, what I meant was the grind of the, the title, but it did remind me of the fact that what a privilege well, what did is. They say, but the yeah. most important thing in Scotland is to win the league. Exactly. Nothing yep. else. Sure. Win that league. Make sure you win that league. That's Not that big trophy that came here. Uh, yep. no. Win the no. league to get into that big trophy. <laughs> <laughs> His brother will be looking to get into that big trophy, Absolutely. which uh, it's looking good there. And what about the game that finishes up the weekend? Kilmarnock against Celtic. Stephen, what do you think? I mean, we know how the season started for Celtic. Yeah. Centering the League uh, Cup. Yeah, they've had the warning how tough a game it's going to be for them on Sunday. I think Kilmarnock will score. Um, I said before I think Derek McInnes is the best set-piece manager I've ever played under and absolutely everything from all, all over the park is going to go on top of Joe Hart yeah, so I think Kamalik will score but I think Celtic will edge it out 2-1 2-1 you reckon? I've went 2-0 Celtic but I have been concerned with the set plays I must mm -hmm. admit and it's not it's, I think it's lack of inches as well and we don't seem to get a lot of first touches on it you know so They're quite a big team aren't they? Yeah and the, the goals we've scored the goals we've conceded you know mm -hmm. recently been set plays so 
one the best way to try and eradicate that is not trying to give too many away. <laughs> I know I know Brendan yeah. Rodgers has spoke about if every team can play with Hibs, but I don't think Kamalak are going to make any apologies for how they're going to play this game on Sunday. Sure. It's easy to say that yeah. you win four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hope they all yeah. Guys, Stephen, thanks so much. Thanks, Paul. Good luck at the weekend. Hope you, you are involved for the game. Peter, great to have you in the programme. Come Paul. back again next week. Pleasure. Thanks so much. The news is next this time tomorrow night. It's Barry, Mark, and myself at five. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. For your free energy home survey and a bespoke quote, call 0800 233 Global Eco Energy sell and install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial, and public sector customers. With access to a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage, air source heat pumps, and eco garden makeovers, we offer a bespoke service tailored to your exact needs. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global-eco.co.uk.